Oh my God! Oh. Don't you guys have work tomorrow or something? It's Thursday night. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Welcome to the Al Rosa Villa. I'm Dan Orr with QFM 96, and it was just one week ago. One week ago that QFM 96 announced the David Lee Roth show and they were kind of wondering if it was a smart idea to announce a show with, a le with less than a week to go before the concert. And you know what? It turned out okay because you guys sold it out in six days. And you guys are the first to hear this, but David is so geeked that it sold out so quick, he's thinking about sticking around tomorrow night too. Also know that Sebastian Bach is going to be here in February. Dave is going to be out here in just a second. Archie, what the hell are we listening whoa, 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 to? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why'd you what stop What the hell it, is dude? this? What do you mean, what the hell are we doing? Dude, that's me. I'm getting ready. They're... So this was Ben, late 90s, okay. at the Al Rosa Villa. David Lee Roth, sold out show. David Lee Roth played the Al Rosa Villa. Yeah, dude, no. And, I, and Dan Orr from QFM 96, back in the day, me and Dan went up on the stage with the rock and roll reverend, Rick Catella. And we brought out David Lee Roth, and Dan was getting ready to introduce me. I'm the overnight guy back then, right? No one knew who the fuck I was. Well, you'll hear it. They boo me, but all I got right. a great riff about how Dave's the only singer from. All right, Hale. all right, okay. Let's hear Jesus, the rest dude. of this. Uh, let's welcome Archie, the overnight guy with QFM 96. How you guys doing? I'm Archie from QFM 96. I haven't heard of me either. I've seen the set list. And I ha how you doing, sweetheart? I've seen the set list, and I have a question. Do we have any Van Halen fans here? You know, I, I think I need to rephrase that. Do we have any fucking diehard Van Halen fans here? Because we know Diamond Dave is the only fucking man for Van Halen. So make me say it twice. Diamond Dave is in the house tonight. Van Halen songs. Have you seen the lines of the bathroom? I'm glad I pissed in the parking lot. Let's get a Dave chant going. Dave! Dave! lights on in this place. The house lights and everything. I want to take a look at this. Are you behind the board there, Daryl? Also, I want you to know that next month, the Al Rosa will be 26 fucking years old. And a lot of you people were coming here years ago, am I right? So I got to say one thing. And I, tell, I know I'm going to choke on this because I've never done it before. 
My name is Rick Catella, and I am the fucking rock and roll reverend at the Al Rosa Villa. Are you ready to have a good time? This is Vinyl Analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness, along with me, producer Greg Hansberry. Yo. Hansberry, it is time to talk about one of the most legendary rock clubs in the U.S. of A., the Al Rosa Villa. Pantera, Dimebag, and the Al Rosa Villa, a fan's journey. Episode 3, a celebration of the Al Rosa Villa. All right, Hansberry, are you ready to celebrate the good time at the Al Rosa Villa? Let's do it. All right, so now that this this is a podcast, so you can't actually see anything. Right, 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 and, right. And uh, there's a bunch of people who may not have ever even been to the Al Rosa. Fair I, enough. I've only gone Fair to enough. it for the first time recently with I you. I brought I've, David Lee Roth out there. I don't I, know if you heard I, about that. We, we know. Thanks, okay. Arch. Uh, so I asked Rick Soga and Joe Veers, you might remember them from episode Absolutely. two, and our buddy Chris Lamarca, who you'll learn about a little bit later in this episode, I asked them to give us kind of a virtual walkthrough the oh, Al cool. Rosa right about on. what it was like in the heyday. The first thing is, I would never, ever, <laughs> ever show up to the Al Rosa before 11 o'clock unless I was in the opening band. It's like I'm still doing my hair till like 10.30. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you walk into the bar and you see, you would see Diane. And Diane would be the one who would check your ID. And she's gorgeous. Rick's sister Diane is always there. And she takes your ID and makes, you know, small talk with whoever's sitting in there with her. Of course, I'd say hi to, to Diane and uh, Cindy Wise, all right? And nobody got in the Al Rosa for free unless they were in the band. They were tight. And even though they were like family, they wanted that loot. And a lot of people <laughs> tried to get in. Right, right. And it was like, what was it, like $4 or something? Maybe less. I don't know. And then you walk in and there's pool tables on your right and the bars on your left and it's an awesome probably 40 50 foot long bar and uh everybody would be sitting at the bar most of the musicians would be sitting at the end of the bar you pose at the bar you say hi to everybody in the bar whether it's a guy and another band which is everybody was in a band you know especially at the al rosa as you'd walk to the side you'd see the sound man would be on the side on the left and then the audience would be up around the top and then you'd have like three or four steps that go down into like a pit area. And then the stage would be right there. And that's the best spot to hang and listen to any show is right kind of near the edge of the steps where you go down is where it sounds the best. You know, it was, it was carpeted stage, which you didn't see much. Uh, that whole place was carpeted. It was, it was strange, but it had, it, it dealt really well with the acoustics in there. So that the club actually sounded great. It wasn't like playing in a garage, you know? And of course, the first thing you do is you, try to go down front to find a table so you can store your leather jacket and your you know your little bottle of whatever and stash your stuff then get up to the bar and you know hang out drink beer and stand on the corner of the bar watch guitar players and say i can do that better about anyone (laughs) it was just crazy time and then there's dressing rooms on the right and left so you know before a band would go on you'd see that light of the stage door open up and you know the band was going to be coming on real soon. And pretty much that was like the the whole idea. That bar was kind of hanging out and waiting for the, the band to come out. And you see those 
those doors would open up and then it would be, you know, Twisted Sister or it'd be whoever would come out. But yeah, it was it was an awesome time. It's just an it's it's like if there's a picture of rock club for the dictionary, you should just take a picture of the Al Rosa when it's when the lights are on and stage is set up, and it just it just looks like a dirty rock club. It's an unbelievable place, um, and that opinion is shared by some of the most famous musicians on the planet that have played in there. People love that place. It's legendary all over the country. Um, and spoken really very highly of regardless of you know the things that have happened there in the in the past but uh yeah it's 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 i don't know if i had to pick my favorite place in this town to go see a show it would be there there's no place else that has that vibe energy it's that situation where you're completely unobstructed view wherever you stand because it's wide open and you can stand in the back or you can be in the front and you still feel like you're part of what's going on, especially when it's completely jammed full of people. I don't know. Something something that works there. It's it's just a it's a magical, magical place. Dude, how cool was that? I, I think I smell like cigarettes and booze you after do. listening to that. You do. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, let's uh, pause for a commercial break. What? You little bitches, this is an Al Rosa concert update. This is Rick Cattell, the rock and roll reverend, celebrating 40 years of continuous rock. This Friday night, March 21, Head P.E. With Smile Empty Soul, Infidel, and Stereo Drip, March 22nd. Destruction, March 29, Boba Flex, April 4, Immure, April 19, Broken Hope, May 2nd, Pagan Fest, May 23rd, Crowbar, and coming this summer, Mushroom Head. And that is your Al Rosa concert update. The stuff of legend. I mean, those those commercials, they're iconic, man. I mean, you would you would crank the commercials, Hansberry, when the Rock and Roll <laughs> Reverend was on. Well, and you were back here, I mean, because Archie, you were have been in Columbus Rock Radio since these commercials have been on. Oh yeah, man. And oh yeah. You have seen firsthand Probably most of these shows I, it, it, that I'm telling they you. threw at the Al Rosa. Yeah, I think about some of the bands and just kind of running through a list here. I mean, this is just a partial list of, of throughout the years. But I mean, David Lee Ross, Cinderella, Rat, L.A. Guns, Wasp, Prong, Doc and Warrant, Lynch Mob, Sebastian Bach, Enough's Enough. Hell, I got high with Chip in the parking lot. Well. <laughs> Slaughter. Dude, dude, dude. Prince. I saw Prince DJ. Stop. And after party at the Al Rosa Villa. You saw Prince. He was he was only like there for like five minutes. But, All right. Tell so me check this, this out. All right. So here, so check this out. So so Rick Catella, he calls me. And Rick Catella is the owner of yes, the Al Rosa Yes, he was the owner Villa. for, for okay. years and years and years there at the Al Rosa Villa. Uh, the, the Al Rosa Villa, so it was, they got the name from his parents. So it was, uh, you know, Al and Rosa Catella. So okay. it's... The, the Al Rosa, of, okay, right? got it. But his family, they all played a, a part in this, as, you, as you'll hear some of the people. Well, you heard already some of the stories about the people that played roles and who welcomed you and everything. So, But no, so Rick calls me. Rick calls me. He's like, Arch, here's the deal. You're not going to believe this, 
but Prince Prince was playing a show in Columbus. All right. Okay. And he said, uh, we're going to do an after party at the Al Rosa Villa. And he said, I painted the entire, the inside of, of the Rosa uh, purple. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I was like, what? And he's like, he's like, now wear something nice, you know, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't going to sh- do for Prince. So I wasn't going to like show up in one of my, my black metal t-shirts and, and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I remember, uh, so I grabbed my buddy and I, and we went to the Al Rosa, man, it was all purple inside. I mean, it was, it was the craziest That's thing awesome. ever. Right. So, so, um, and I remember Rick saying to me, and this is where it gets, we need to get Rick on here and, and figure out how this all shook down. But um, I, I remember Rick saying, don't take pictures. Okay. That's something you, you can't sure. do. All right. So whatever. So I was Prince like, all right. Which, doesn't want it to. Okay. Yeah. And all this right, was right, before right, cell phones right. sure, sure, sure. and, and, and okay. smartphones. This was before any of that. So you would have to do the, <laughs> the disposable. <laughs> right, yeah. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. Like all of a sudden, here comes Prince. Inside the Al Rosa Villa. I remember him walking right by me. The little shit just walks right by me, right? Goes up onto the stage. And he was going to kind of guest DJ and, and do this after party, sure. right? Okay, cool. So I remember him getting on the mic. And we're all just like, holy shit, man. Prince is in front of us here. So no he, way. He, he gets up there. He's like going through the DJ's records. This and is stuff. like a club of, you know, like 800 people uh, max, you well, know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we're, we're, we're all crammed in there. And there's Prince. Right. And yeah, I guess are we going to dance? I, I, don't, I don't know what was going to happen, but he was going to play the music at this after party. He gets on the microphone, Hansberry, right? In this real soft voice. And he goes, and he's, I remember this. He's like, is this where Columbus comes to party? Like that. And he's like, yeah, right, right. And then all of a sudden, like these, these cameras start going off. Uh-oh. Right. And that was it. He gets off the stage and he walks out. I mean, motherfucker was there for like, I mean, dude, it was like five minutes it. or something. And and that was it. He was gone. And he left. And they were all just like, what just happened? Why did we take pictures? <laughs> Why did I paint this Why this did, whole bar the purple? The whole place was painted purple, and he was there less than 10 minutes. So that that's that. That's a legendary story. Well, it is, man. In any Prince, location. Prince was at the Al Rosa Villa, and it was painted completely purple in the inside. And it's a... It's a moment that I will never, ever forget, man. Hey, this is Chad Stewart from Faster Pussycat. Uh, the Al Rosa Villa. What can't I say about it? I've been sneaking in there since I was uh, about 15 years old, <laughs> 15 or 16. Uh, great, great venue to play. I mean, I feel like I, I grew up there. You know, I mean, I think I saw every national act that came through there in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was just a, an awesome place to be. Great place for local bands, great place for national bands. I remember uh, when Jamie Lane was still alive, when he would go home to visit his family at Thanksgiving, every Wednesday before Thanksgiving, all of Warrant would fly in, and they would do this huge party on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it was just turned into this crazy blowout, and they'd do a bunch of covers, and it was just packed to the gills. So I have a lot of great memories about the Al Rosa. Hi, this is Chris Lamarca. Audio engineer for, I guess, 40-plus years. We're going to say that today. How's that sound? Started the Al Rosa with Willie Phoenix, 1982. Uh, he got a record deal with A&M Records at the time. And uh, we were opening for the Muffs. After that, I ended up working for them. Anyway, they were a regular band at the Al Rosa. Packed it, all girls. That's where Big Hair like showed up. There were a couple girls with... 
really big blonde, uh, you know, rock star model looking hair before he ever saw that on TV or on before MTV, obviously. This is a time that I hear people talk about uh, when they reference uh, the music scene uh, for Columbus when it was at its at its height. I mean, we're talking about the gods and the muffs and money. These bands that you're, yeah, you're mentioning right, right, right now. Right. Yeah. What, what what time? What year is this? Well, between I I want to say 19 and it might be off by six months, six or eight months or so. But between like 1981 and 1983, uh, the Catella family added on to the Al Rosa. So right where the steps are, where you walk down to what is now the dance floor, that's where the back wall was. And the Muffs would play there and get 600 people in a place that held 200. You know, And then Rick came up with the idea to knock the wall out and add on to his parents' club. That's the current Al Rosa kind of set up. This was the scene in Columbus. Yeah, and that's just, this the is just scene. the beginning. The this is the beginning, yeah. Right. And then, you know, I started working for Mark on the side with this band. You say Mark. Chatfield. Mark, you're yeah. talking about, this is Bob Seeger's guitar player. Right, right. Right, which we know <laughs> him from Michael the gods. Bolton and and, yeah. and, you know, there's a list. Mark's, you know, He's one we've of been best, friends man. for, uh, again, like over 40 years. And, and uh, you know, he started the gods when he was a kid. And I remember when that album came out. What was that uh, like, man? What was that like? Because that's crazy. the scene everybody talks about. I mean, because that's I was the- uh, I was singing in a band in Whitehall called Tombstone in some kid's basement in like eighth grade. God's album came out, and this is in the seventies, seventy six. It was crazy stuff. It gave all the Good kids times. in Central Ohio that um, the dream was kind of lit. There wasn't it? For oh you yeah. guys? I mean, the gods were superstars overnight your some of your best memories some of your best memories of the al rosa well i mean there's so many right give, mean, give us a couple just give us a couple man just for so we can document this because well, you it's, know hanging out with phil mogg from ufo on his birthday with pete way and ronnie james dio is playing the al rosa that night and uh you know hanging out with Vinny apice and you know, hanging on the bus with Phil and Ronnie Dio right before Ronnie's going on stage. Pretty amazing stuff. I mean, shit, Phil Mogg was my idol. And Dio, first time I saw him was at Veterans Memorial with uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which was their first tour. Are you like listening ni- to this, man? 1977. Blackmore, Blackmore's my boy. Yeah. You know, you know and, and Chris, you bring it up, and this is, you know, obviously I'm 20 years down the road from parting in the, in the, in the back parking lot on the buses with these, right. with these artists and stuff. But that was, I mean, that's legendary. Th- those stories, I mean, the stuff you're telling us right now uh, in that back parking lot at the Al Rosa Villa. I mean, you're talking about hanging out with Dio. and Yeah, Rhett Forrester from Riot. I mean, what a crazy cat that was. Yeah. You had us at Pete Way and Phil Mogg, quite yeah, honestly. Well, well, you know, I mean, a lot of bad things, a lot of good things, a lot of great memories, and we spent a lot of time at the El Rosa. We had a band, Pete and I, uh, called the Pete Way Band, with um, Danny Boyd and Rick Martellino and Shane Hunter and uh, Brian Shepard. Right on. And Pete and I, and of course, those guys are top-notch musicians. Oh. Chris. We were top-notch alcoholics, you know. <laughs> Somehow it fell together. And, um, you know, Rick couldn't make it, so Danny would fill in for him. And Danny couldn't make it. Rick filled in. We had two drummers. And 
we only did a couple gigs. We opened for Warrant on New Year's Eve at uh, the Al Rosa. And it was amazing, you know. There's so many legendary moments throughout the, the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s. Yeah, man, there. we had some great times at the Al Rosa. And even without all these rock stars, I mean, when I was a kid, I was there every weekend. My hair sprayed up to the hilt, you know, blue-black hair, black leather pants. Shirt was optional. Sometimes I had a leather <laughs> vest on, you know. Okay. Right. You don't see that anymore, man. You nah, don't, you don't see that anymore. I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> some of my best friends, Bob Keck, guy I've known ever since then. I met him at the bar there and, yeah. and the bands we saw and, and just, holy shit, Blackie Lawless is here tonight. And, and yeah. just the friends you made there and, and the memories and stuff, it's... It was like no other place I've ever been in my life. It was no crazy, other place. Man. It was, it, still some of my best friends. Is. So, I mean, people can make this happen again. It's just the right people got to get involved. I don't know if you're a promoter out there or not, but if you are, call Johnny Catella. You know? Right on, man. Make that shit happen. I remember being very, like a kid, and uh, they had booked uh, Queensryche, and I had bought their EP. And uh, this is the first thing that came out, and you had to go to the Record Connection pick up that EP. this is an important show if you could talk about the show this was an important show because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of guys locally that i have a lot of respect for yourself included were at that queen's show yeah but but talk about that i mean that was the ep i mean the lady wore black yeah. i mean you you, yeah. you caught that show at the al rosa yeah and i was i was a kid too i mean you know i was a kid so we went to that show and um rick was just on this spree of booking these bands that were hitting it they were just he would book them before they broke right and it was awesome because by the time they would get the columbus they would already pretty much they were honoring a contract but they were on to playing bigger shows but they had to honor that so you would see these bands like rat queens i mean the one of the first bands i saw there that i was completely blown away was uh michael schenker was there wow. uh msg band was there which was like he i was a big you know ufo fan i was a kid but i loved him and um the plasmatics oh my god i saw the plasmatics that was there. windy yeah. right yeah windy, windy williams. williams yeah and it wasn't w it wasn't ww she put that band together later it was plasmatics played there and they it was incredible i was a kid there and she had the chainsaw the the, the, yeah. the part of the car was on the stage they did that whole look like a car was wrecked on the stage they it was unbelievable. Rick was really letting these bands just go for it. It was. Did you want to? Was it one of those deals as you were an aspiring young musician? Were you like, man, I've this. I have to do this. Yeah. I mean, we know how the story yeah. ends because you you played there a ton, man, and yeah. with some some yeah. some big bands here, especially locally. But uh, what was your what was your first gig there? Um, let's see. First gig there was when we played. There was a band, uh, glam band, which is a friend of mine, and turned out to be my singer later on. Was uh, Sweet Savage. Well, yeah. Hello. The Sweet Savage were guys from da Texas, and they were all Ohio guys, but they were based out of Texas at that point. And uh, I was friends with Joey, and then we got a band of uh, Shock 2 together, and then he had us open up for him. We did one opening gig for them, and then we went on to do headlinings from the rest of the time on. Our, our audience just, it was immediate. As soon as we played that, we were right on that cusp of the glam or dressing up yeah, man. Uh, time. And, uh, oh, God. I mean, you know, we spent times watching bands like Foghat, you know, would play there all the time. Foghat, Pat Travers. But those guys were like nuts and bolts kind of bands. They were just rock and roll, right, you know, in-your-face bands. 
then all of a sudden, like the Sweet Savages came out and bands like that, they started wearing like, you know, the, the Twisted Sisters, that kind of thing. Yeah. They started getting that look and that glam look. And then it really like started to blossom. You started seeing girls coming to the show. It's a lot of really beautiful <laughs> girls. Fog hat didn't bring the girls. Yeah, no. And then so like Al Rosa turned into this kind of like spot to kind of meet hot chicks. It turned into a club club. It had an atmosphere. And um, I mean... The more the guys looked like girls, the more girls came into the gig. And I remember getting on stage and you could literally smell the perfume. You come out of the dressing room, you could smell the perfume before you get started playing. It was like, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was just, it doesn't normally smell like perfume at a metal club, No, but, but, but uh-uh. it was for that era, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I've got pictures to prove how many people were there that were like, it was probably 60, 40. It was girls to guys during that time. They just, the girls just loved that, that genre. The eighties, man. It the eighties, per- man. Well, because the videos, I think. You know, like a white snake video has Tony Katane and Rat Video has these hot chicks in there. So these girls started dressing like that, emulating that. So Al Rosa would be packed with them, with all these metal girls, or not even metal, just rock girls. My name is Joe Veers. I'm a producer, engineer for the last 30 years, a musician. I play bass for a band called Snowblind, and I own Sonic Lounge Recording Studio in Grove City, Ohio. So the first time I went there, I got in there because I was there with a band that was playing at a battle of the bands. So there was a bunch of underage kids there. Fair enough. And then I was like, wow, this place is awesome. I'd only lived in Columbus for a few years at that point. I'd heard stories, but I'd never been there. Right. And then I started hanging out there because I got a fake ID. Oh, there it is. I was walking down the street on uh, on High Street. Right. And... On the ground was an Ohio State ID, and I picked it up, and it was some dude that looked exactly like me. <laughs> his not exactly, but his hair and everything like he was clearly Scandinavian descent, you know, like blonde hair, blue eyes, right? everything totally passable. And I that was that was I got in everywhere with that thing. Awesome campus, anywhere I wanted to go. <laughs> I bought right. beer with it all the time. It was amazing. What what year would this have been? This was when I was still in high school. I was n- I was not yet eighteen because I enough. I was allowed to buy beer and liquor when I was eighteen. I was pre grandfather. Oh right, right. From when they changed you it to twenty one. You just lucky barely dogs. made it in. Like a couple months made it. How in. often would you go to the Al Rosa, man? I literally there was a a large segment of time where I was there Wednesday through Sunday. Name some of the bands. Name some of the bands you saw. It's hard. I mean, anything that was in there in that time period, I was there. I was there all the time. I saw so many great bands, up-and-coming bands. I mean, I saw Pantera there. Right. Is there, a, is there another show that kind of sticks out in your mind that you you know that you tell the, the kids about? Yes. the one. There's one in particular, and I actually played it, and it was supposed to be Motorhead and Dio, and they showed up. And Motorhead was pissed because they said the stage dimensions were not correct as to what it said on the rider. Jesus, is Blackie Lawless in Motorhead at that point? So they took all the liquor (laughs) and left. Motorhead did that? They took all their liquor. They took boxes of liquor in the dressing room. And they took it all and they left. And Rick Catella called me (laughs) in a panic. He's like, I got to get somebody in here. You're the best band I have. Come, will you please come and play? And I'm like, you're asking me if I'll please come and open for Ronnie James Dio. 
are you serious? And he's like, please do it. I'm like, what time do you want me to be there? Wow, what kind of night was that, It was packed. I mean, it was totally packed, but people were angry because they wanted to see Motorhead. Motorhead, yeah. You know? And, uh, but we played and it was cool and uh, Dio was awesome. It was so incredible just to stand in the same physical space as that guy and talk to him and shake his hand and like just tell him how much I admired what he did and you know, he probably heard it so many times every day. It wore off, but what kind of show was that with with Ronnie James at the Al Rosa? Incredible, unbelievable. It's just when you I, I saw him a bunch of times, but when you see him in a little place and yeah, man, that voice coming out of that body didn't match. You know what I mean? Because he's oh, just yeah. a tiny little dude, and it, it's like, how the hell does that happen? How does that? come out of that person so many great memories there i remember uh, the first time i saw wasp was there are you you're a big wasp guy huge but you're talking about blackie flawless yep because it's always perfect king of the double course every course is a double course it is (laughs) damn it joe so but i remember he had he had these uh these old like uh zenith TVs, these old black and white TVs, and they were up on the stage, and they had the dry ice coming over Did the TVs, the handlebars. He thing? was able to get it in there, and I, I had heard that like at the Newport, and I've seen him at the Newport a handful of times, but they said that he when he when he did show up, I was at a couple where he didn't show up, um, that you know it didn't meet the specifications, but the Al Rosa, he got that up at the Al Rosa, yeah, that infamous thing was massive. It's massive. And it looks like a like a mo- like motorcycle mm-hmm. handlebars. Yeah. It's got the boobies it's on like it the big and stuff. Yeah, man. Chopper ape hanger thing. And I was and, and so many great memories at the Al Rosa Villa and seeing Blackie Lawless there, seeing Prong there. Yeah, I saw Prong there. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I saw Prong there. Um, man, I saw so many amazing shows in that freaking place. Subscribe to Vinyl Analysis and listen to our archive episodes on your favorite podcasting app or at QFM96.com. You can also find companion pictures and videos to this special podcast series on our Instagram account and Facebook. And finally, you can listen to our carefully handcrafted companion playlist on Spotify. Search for Archie Vinyl Analysis, where you'll find a playlist of all the songs that we talk about in this podcast series. For Arch Madness, I'm Greg Hansberry. Thank you for listening. All right, Vinyl Analysis fans, we've set up a hotline for you to share your memories of Pantera, Dimebag, and the Al Rosa Villa. We want to hear your journey. 614-273-2659. That's 614-273-2659. Hey, what's up? This is Doug from Rock House. I've got a lot of great memories of the Al Rosa. Too many to count, but a couple of my most favorite ones When I was 16 years old, going there for the first time on a Thursday night for all-ages bands and uh, feeling like if I wanted to go in there looking like a rock star, I had to have my ear pierced. So I pierced my ear in the parking lot of the Al Rosa at the ripe age of 16 years old. Another great memory I have of the Al Rosa is seeing Peter Chris there in 1994. Growing up a huge Kiss fan, Peter Chris put out the Cat One album and played a solo show there with his new band. Couldn't have been more than 50 people in the place. And watching Peter Chris play Beth on a small Casio-style keyboard was just, like, surreal to see. So uh, I'll always treasure that memory as well, the Al Rosa. 
my favorite venue in Columbus, great memories coming out of there. Saw all my favorite bands there back in the 80s, local and national, and will always hold a special place in my heart. Rock on, Al Rosa Villa. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Jason, and I live here in Columbus. Uh, I haven't called a hotline since the 90s, uh, so it's a little weird for me. Uh, you know, honestly, the Al Rosa Villa is my favorite venue in the city, hands down. Uh, it always has been. Um, you know, a lot of people it got a bad rap, people saying it's not safe, it's not safe. That could happen anywhere. Um, so, you know, I've seen probably 60 bands, 70 bands there in my time here in Columbus. Every single one is memorable to me. I unfortunately was never able to see Dimebag at his, uh, at his height. Uh, but I'll tell you this, every single metal band that I have seen at the El Rosa, uh, they come in, they pay their respects. Uh, we have moments of silence. Um, every time you're there, it's like you're sharing something special with um, musicians that have also lost a friend. Um, so anyways, El Rosa is amazing. Uh, the people that own it are amazing. Everything about it is amazing. Um, yeah, rock on. Hey, this is Dan Orr, and it's easy coming up with my favorite Al Rosa moments because there are actually a couple of them that uh, I absolutely have to mention. One, this is a no-brainer, and I have a hunch, just a hunch that Archie's already mentioned this a couple of times, but the time that Archie and I got to bring out David Lee Roth to the stage, never in a million years did we think we'd ever get to see him at a at a club so so local and so intimate as the Al Rosa Villa so to bring one of our heroes out there, and we did have to wait a while. Uh, he took his good old time getting to the to the venue, but once he did, man, oh, man, what a great night that was. He was, of course, exciting live. The band was great. He was hilarious, and you just you can't really top that kind of memory. Too much fun. However, if I have to say my personal favorite, it was certainly the time that uh, my band got to open up for Donny Iris, an indoor show at a veteran rock club and dare I say, the veteran rock club, the Al Rosa Villa, too much fun. So Donnie Iris and the Cruisers, David Lee Roth. I don't know, okay, we'll throw in the Dan Orr Project since we opened up for Donnie. So there you have it. The Al Rosa, can't beat it.